Hey guys, welcome to our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you're here. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about Jesus loving God and serving each other. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com and find us on Facebook at Clemson Foothills Church. At CFC, we're just a group of people following Jesus and helping others do the same. So hopefully this podcast will be useful to you. Now let's dive into the episode for this week. From Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 12. It says, So then, brothers, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh, For if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. All those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery. I'm sorry. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, Provided that we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. All righty, let's take a second. All right, right where we are on your own. Um, I'm just going to really have a time now where we can um, just have some silent prayer time. I would just encourage you to have a conversation with Jesus and wherever you're landing, you know, maybe you're, you're coming to church today or your experience with Christianity has been one of frustration or just, you know, a whole lot of things. Maybe you're just feeling really great and happy and joyful. All right. Our, our main goal is that we want to hear Jesus speak to us, um, speak through the songs that we're singing or the words that I'm speaking up here today, but I'm just going to give us a little time just to pray in silence, and then we'll move on with the, with the lesson. Father, as we open your word uh, today, we pray for humble hearts, uh, for soft hearts. Father, we want you to transform us. Uh, We want you to to show us those areas where we're falling short. God, we're thankful that you are merciful and graceful. Father, we're thankful that you keep giving us your patience. You're patient with us. Thank you for that. Um, But Father, please show us the areas where um, we're kind of scared to look sometimes. Please show us those areas in our hearts that might be hidden or dark. Father, and we want them to be in the light. We want them to be um, out to where you can um, change them, Father. And um, just I pray that we 
continue to grow as a community in maturity, Father. I pray that we are attentive to your Holy Spirit. And as we read your word today, Father, I pray that you speak to us, uh, that we can follow you closely. We pray this in your name. Amen. Um, so um, so as, as, uh, as we just read, we're here in Romans chapter 8. Okay, so hopefully, you know, my hope is, is that um, we've, we, we know that we're going in this direction through Romans chapter 8. I hope you've taken some time to read through it on your own. I hope you've taken some time. Sometimes Romans chapter 8 can be a, a, a bit confusing uh, because there's a lot of words that, uh, that, you know, you see the flesh and the spirit and death and life and all of these things. And hopefully we can get down to the simplicity of what is this scripture and what is it not just saying to the original hearers, but what are we meant to take from this as well, right? Um, so um, if uh, you haven't uh, been here often or you're not sure about, you know, what is this church doing? We've been on this journey. We're calling it a journey to spiritual maturity. This is something that we've been going through the whole year because every one of us is on a journey, right? And that journey's broken up into minutes and hours and days and circumstances and mountaintop experiences and valley experiences. And we're going through that with an understanding that um, Jesus is trying to uh, conform us to his image, right? That's what we've been talking about. And really, it, in, a, in a sentence, what I love is this sentence right here is, is uh, journeying with Jesus is a long walk in the same direction. All right, and that's and, and you may go well. That's it's like too simple, uh, but let's pay attention to the culture we live in, which is we want everything now. We want it to. We want to be changed instantly. We want there to be no like anything uncomfortable or anything like that. But Jesus made this journey that we're on with Him a process that was going to take time, and it was going to require patience, and it was going to require loyalty and dedication. Right? It wasn't just all the time. We may have those. You, you periodically, I feel like I've had those in my life periodically where there's just like a snap, like, boom, I'm different. Like, you know, you kind of have those. But for the most part, it's very much a process of learning, of failing, of having to learn humility to admit, man, I really blew it and talking to brothers and sisters about that. But it's a long walk in the same direction. OK, um, as we've been as we started last week in Romans eight, we went through verse one through eleven and um, simply put, okay, this was the battle, and hopefully we always remember that, is there's a battle between the spirit and ourselves. Your Bible may say the flesh. Your Bible may say the selfish nature. The easiest thing to think of is um, the self is me and you being king. This, there's, there's a battle between the self and the spirit, okay, and this battle is, is going back and forth. So this, I put this up there just so hopefully just you may want to write that in the uh, margin of your Bible right there so we don't get lost in flesh and sinful nature of just going, hey, he's talking about me being in charge of my life and my circumstances. It's king me, okay, that's what we have this battle going on. Um, and this battle really, we, we talked last week is, you know, this sinful nature or me and you as kings of our lives, what we feed off of is impulsiveness. We feed off of fear, the urge to control outcomes so that those outcomes can be comfortable, conquering or pleasurable. All right, that's the ultimate outcome, right? I want to be able to, to have outcomes where the, the end game is to be more comfortable, 
to conquer somebody or something or to gain some kind of pleasure, okay? And that's what we run off of when we are the authority, when we're the king of everything. We run off of that and we make decisions off of that. The spirit feeds off of listening to and conforming to God's word while being present, okay? So that's one of the most difficult things when we're talking about a process is not getting caught up in what's going to happen tomorrow or what happened yesterday, but where we are right now, and, and, and again, just whatever, we have a span of ages, you know, we have, uh, we have folks who are, you know, really, really old, I won't even point out who that, <laughs> we really don't have a lot of, <laughs> I'm just going to be quiet right now, okay, but we have a span of ages, okay, but here's the deal, every, <laughs> every, every single age group, um, there's this aspect I hope we all learn uh, of being present right here and right now and, and being attentive to the Holy Spirit because the Spirit is feeding off of listening to and conforming to God's word while being present. So um, here, here's the interesting thing is, is that um, the Holy Spirit inside of us, and I hope, hope we continue to be reminded the Holy Spirit is personal. He, he is the actual presence of God inside of us. Right. As Mike was talking about, it's very easy to get caught up in uh, kind of this idea of of we want our sins to be forgiven. And absolutely, that's a great thing. I mean, that's wonderful. But there's a really important reason why our sins need to be forgiven is because the Holy Spirit can't live inside of us if there is sin present. And the Holy Spirit is, is, is the presence of God, is bold and powerful and peaceful and loving and all these things. And on this journey, one of the things that's helpful to me is thinking about the Holy Spirit as somebody who's just walking me through and walking with me through life and, and encouraging me not to give into my impulsiveness and into my fear and into my, my desire for comfort and pleasure and all these things, but walking me through this idea of, come on, Keith, let's, let's, let's look at your finances and your time and your leisure and your relationships. Let me help you like remove yourself from the kingship, right? Let me re help you remove that. That so we can make sure Jesus is king. That's what the Holy Spirit will continually remind us. And he'll continually remind us to take every aspect of our life and examine them in light of the scripture. And, and, and the Spirit will, will be moving us to pray humbly, to invite others into our lives, to not justify or defend or deflect, okay? is The Holy Spirit has a very clear path directly to Jesus, okay? And so, so all of these things, again, this is just a little bit of a, of, a, of a reminder of that, but now we go into Romans chapter 8, verse 12, and we're going to look at this, and we're going to break it down just a little bit. This is um, really good stuff in here, man. I mean, it is. Um, unfortunately, Romans is one of those books um, that has been... Um, <laughs> we've taken interpretations from people over hundreds and hundreds of years and oftentimes when we're taking other people's interpretations we don't dive into it and find out well what did this really mean when he wrote this and in Romans chapter 8 in verse 12 uh, he says this therefore brothers we have an obligation but it's not to the sinful nature 
to live according to it, okay? So I don't know about you. I feel like I need to stop right here because I, every time I've read that, and I've read this verse for like 25 years, and I look at that, and I, didn't know what, I don't know what it means. You're not obligated to the sinful nature. That seems like a no-brainer, but what does that mean? We're not obligated. All right, and, and, and really, if we stop for a second and go, what does that word even mean? What does be, to be obligated to something means that I, I have to do something Okay, and so I'm thinking, wow, so Paul felt like he had to write here, uh, we have an obligation, but it's not to the sinful nature to live according to it. Um, and so it's this idea of, okay, so I'm not uh, obliged, I don't have an obligation to live to, the sinful, to my sinful nature. And I'm thinking like, well, why did he have to write that? What was the thing that he, that, that made him write this? And so... Um, he starts this section right here in these five verses. There are these two words I want us to pay attention to as we go through because they're two really important words, obligated and adopted. All right, and, and, and we're going to see how Paul, just in a very short period of time, kind of brings this all the way through to keep us, like to really encourage us, I think, um, from things of obligation and things of adoption right here. So we're not obligated, okay? That's just clear. He says you're not obligated to the sinful nature. That means you don't have to follow, conform to, or obey your way or fit into the world's pattern. All right, that, that's what he's saying right there. We, we don't have to do that anymore. He says because the Spirit lives inside of us, we're not obligated any longer to this. It, it, it's interesting because... Uh, Mike read this scripture earlier, Romans 12, 2. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So we start to see right here is this idea of as we don't conform to ourselves and the pattern of the world, and we're, tra we're tr actually, you see this transformation process happening right here, okay? So again, as we start out in verse 12, let's just hear what Paul's saying is we have an obligation but the obligation isn't to the sinful nature that all of us, we do not have to any longer conform or go along with ourselves as king, our sinful nature. Okay. Um, but here's the interesting thing is this is harder. Like it's much easier to say than it is to do. It's much easier to say than it is to do because there's a lot of these things and, and we read and we're just like, yeah, I agree, I agree, I agree. And here's the tough part is Jesus didn't even call us to a discipleship of agreement. He, he didn't come just say, I'm happy when you agree with me. He's like, no, this is actually, I'm teaching, he's teaching us something really interesting and it's the difference between death and life, right? As we talked about being obligated and adopted Okay, and so he's teaching us this lesson, um, but here's the deal. So if I'm not obligated any longer, and so let me just kind of share a couple things. What is the sinful nature? What is the flesh? What does King Keith look like? Okay, and I'm not obligated to that. All right, it has everything to do with my attitudes. It has everything to do with how I treat people. It has everything to do with what I choose to ingest into my body both what I hear and what I see and what I eat and, you know, from every perspective, all right, is, is Paul is saying, Keith, you aren't obligated to King Keith anymore. 
But here's the interesting thing is there's this aspect of compromise that sometimes we may not pay much attention to that. If somebody were to ask you, like, where do you compromise most? I'm not sure if we have, like, an answer right off the bat, but this is really where, where the pattern begins or, like, our authority begins is we start to compromise, okay? We begin to compromise, and here's what that may sound like. If I don't sleep with him or her, I'll lose them and never be married, See, that's what, ha that's what we say when we're the king because we start to compromise on what God teaches, okay? And so if the spirit was there, the spirit would, would say, no, no, listen, trust God's plan. All right, everything inside of you may be screaming like I'll never get married, but trust the father's plan. But it, when, when we're in authority, these are the things that we do. These are the compromises. If I don't go out to drink with my colleagues and my boss, I'll never move up in my company. Okay, that's what happens when we are the king, okay, and we, and we realize I'm not, I don't have an obligation to the sinful nature, but this is where the rubber meets the road of going, oh, you mean I don't have to do that. That's what Paul is saying. There is no obligation to this nature at all when every aspect of it is telling us, be scared, be afraid, you're going to lose your job, you're going to never get... And, and, and so it's this idea of going, hold on a minute, I'm not obligated any longer. Let me start listening to the Spirit. If I don't invest all of my time at work, we'll be in trouble later in life. No, no, no. See, we're not obligated to that thinking any longer. If I don't protect my money, I'll be destitute. We are not any longer, we, we aren't obligated to that line of thinking because we're in a kingdom and a kingdom of abundance, right? There is not, we don't live in a kingdom of scarcity where all of a sudden there's going to be a time of all of these faithful people who God just kind of abandoned. But it's this idea, again, here's this battle of the spirit and the sinful nature. And we're just, like I said, we've taken this one section, this little verse is this not being obligated or, or living according to the sinful nature. He says, because we'll die when we live according to this kind of, this creed, we will die. If I don't achieve a degree, people will think I'm dumb. This is a tough one living in a campus town. And, and, and here's, the, here's the deal, is um, un unfortunately, because we can be so skewed and justified by what we want to do, you know, it, we, can, we can totally miss what God is trying to say to us. Could you imagine going to college and dropping out or taking a job that was like less than for the kingdom of God? But, but here's the thing is, is if we're not careful, everyone's sinful nature begins like running the, the, the house, you know. Everyone's like, no, man, don't do that. You need to have a degree. You need to have this. You can't work an hourly. And, and, and here's the thing about that um, is th there is an arrogance and a pride that the Spirit has nothing to do with in those statements. All right, and, and, there, and there just can't be, we can't live into this idea of, man, I have to have it. I'm not obligated to that line of thinking. If the world's obligated to it, that's the world. They're going to die. We aren't obligated to that philosophy 
of make sure you protect all your money. Make sure you protect everything that you have. Make sure that you get all of these things so the world can say we're really like, I don't know, great or smart or whatever. If I give up social media, I will lose connection with all my friends. Life will be horrible and I'll miss out on everything. <laughs> that, listen, here's the deal. Is, 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 is We are not obligated by that. I think sometimes we forget. We think, man, I go to college and I make all of these friends and then we scatter. And if I can't keep some uber close relationships with everyone, there's something wrong. Except, here's the deal, that's life. <laughs> I had friends as a child, I don't talk to them anymore. I have friends in high school, I don't talk to them anymore. Not because they, I don't like them, I really liked them. But you know what? I grew up. God put me other places. God put them other places. Here's the deal, is if I kept in touch with every single, I wouldn't have any time at all. And we justify it with, well, that's why I'm on Instagram, and that's why I'm on all these things. And I'm like, no, 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 that's actually killing us. Because it's taking up so much time and effort and energy and this idea of, man, I, I have to have all of these things. And what I'm saying is, is we're not obligated to that philosophy. We aren't. Now, if you're the king of your life, you may say, no, this is what I live by. And I'm just saying, listen, that won't bring life. I've never met somebody ever who was like, my life is fulfilled because of my amazing Instagram or, or whatever it is that I'm, I'm on, right? Um, and Or here's the other thing. Without money, adventure, and nice things, my life will be wasted. We're not obligated to those thoughts, and you could keep adding on to those. We're not obligated to those, all right? And so it's something, again, maybe you hadn't thought about that. Maybe, you, maybe you're living in a way, and you're pursuing things, and you're frantic, and all your time's taken up, and you're going, oh, you know what? I'm living exactly under the authority of me. Because I have bought into the world's philosophy that if I achieve the way the world wants me to achieve and I make more money, then I will have life. And this section right here, if you live according to the sinful nature, you're like, but Keith, that's the sinful nature. No, 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 listen, scratch that out and put king you. If I live according to my authority, I will die. But... If by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live, okay? So this is, we're getting into some really good things, okay? That's just a fact. If by the spirit we put that, so if by the spirit, the spirit can conquer King Keith, we'll live, okay? And so here's the interesting thing, and, and, and we're going we're gonna to kind of bridge both of these things here, okay? He says, but if we put to death uh, uh, the misdeeds of the body, you will live, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. You didn't receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. This is good stuff. But I want you to pay attention to something, okay? He says right up here, right off the bat, he's like, you don't have an obligation to you. You don't have an obligation to your sinful nature. You don't have an obligation to your authority. And by the way, the spirit that's inside of you is like drawing you to me and is crying out, Father. Okay, so we're talking about somebody who's under an obligation or somebody who this is about a family and about a son or a daughter and a father, okay? 
And here's the interesting thing is the spirit makes us co-heirs. That means that we actually have an inheritance with Jesus. The spirit makes us family. Okay. Now here's the interesting thing about that term Abba. And, and again, I think popular Christian culture has like turned this into this idea of Abba, daddy, daddy, daddy. And it's like, let's put that to rest. Okay. It's not that. It's a son or a daughter who's saying, who's, Dad, I love you, and I'm attentive. That's what that means. I know it sounds cool. It sounds great to write a neat Christian article about, like, it, we're crying out, Daddy, Daddy, but that's made up. Is, is to go and, and actually understand that statement, it's this idea of, Dad, I know you love me, I love you, and I'm attentive to you. I'm attentive to you, okay? But here's the tough part with all of these things, okay? The tough part is this, is right now, just in the past like 20, 25 minutes, we've like crammed information into our brains, and it's good information, and it's, it can be neat information at time, and it can be really cool of going, man, you mean... The fa- being a part of God's family, to be called a son of God, a daughter of God. How incredible that is, that he isn't just putting up with us. He's not looking at us and saying, well, you're just an obligation for me. He's saying, no, you're like my, my child who I love so deeply. And that's the Holy Spirit that I put inside of you. That's what the Holy Spirit is like testifying about. Is that if you listen, the spirit is going, no, this is your child. This is your child. He is your child. She is your child. And, and here's the deal is we can be Christians that are all at everything right here and none of it sinks down to our heart. And what I mean by that is that it becomes a fabric of who we are. Okay. Intellectual Christianity is painful because it's knowing the answers and not able to like partake in any of the benefits or the truths, right? It's how do we get these things because it is pretty complicated here is this idea of not having an obligation to the sinful nature, of putting to death the misdeeds of the body, of, of receiving a spirit that, that of, of courage and sonship. And you go, man, these are really great. And it becomes very frustrating if we end up walking out of church and we're like, okay, well, now I don't really know what to do with that because I got it all up here, but I don't know what that really means. Okay. Here's a great quote that I found about that, about kind of like the head and heart is what you love in your heart has a greater effect on actions than what you know in your mind. So it's very easy to come to church and fill our head with information and what we really, truly love is me and my way. That will have a greater impact and effect on my, like, discipleship than what I have in my brain. And so it's that idea of, okay, as we're being transformed, as we're maturing in Christ, is how does that trickle down? How how does that trickle down so it becomes a part of who we are, where we understand this idea of, no, I'm not obligated any longer. I say no to these things of, of my authority and the world's patterns and all of these things. And in so many regards, this is like our worst enemy right here. We never have enough of it. It's like, it's interesting about time and money. It's like no one ever has enough of either. 
Even like, you know, here's the deal, is I hope we all can come together in agreement that we all are the richest people in the world. All right? Just the fact that we, 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 we are. We're up there, okay? But here's the interesting thing of, of the entire world. We all have the same amount of time. It doesn't matter how much money you get either. It seems like even people who are uber rich seem like they don't have enough money. It's pretty interesting, but here's the deal. This idea of time may be the single thing that is blocking our way to being attentive to the Holy Spirit. This thing right there. Because almost everybody is like, I wish I could get more sleep. Okay? Okay, that's cool. You might need it. Again, I don't li- you can't live off of four or six hours. And, and I love that about God where he's like, listen, I'm going to give you all 24 hours and your body will not work, okay, if you don't get a certain amount. Now, you can play around with it for a while and then you'll just like die. But I'm pretty much blocking off a third of that. So you guys now have 16 hours. 16 awake hours in the kingdom of God. And then over time, everything just gets added to that. And everything seems vitally important. Every class, every tutoring session, every sport, every interest, every whatever it is, just keeps adding to that. And then it comes down to, like, how do we get what's up here down to here? How does this discipleship in Jesus truly become about the fabric of my life? And almost all of us, we don't have time for that. We don't we just don't have time like we end up how we end up, I think, in a very dangerous way talking to one another is we keep trying. Like, how can we engineer the shortest amount of time in God's word each day? To make us feel OK. How can we engineer the shortest amount of prayer time? And then let's all get around and and honestly, some of our own. Like, here's the justification for it. Well, you remember when they used to make us have quiet times? They used to make us have 30-minute quiet times. That's that's why we shouldn't do that anymore. That's a great idea. (laughs) Okay? Is, Is that we're making an argument based off something that has nothing to do with the Word of God. Right? We we're meant to be feeding on the Word of God. We're meant to be like absorbing God's truth and being conformed to that truth and living it out. But oftentimes the greatest thing that gets in our way is I don't have time and I need more sleep, but then I have to get to work. So there's only this time here. So I have to like figure out this way. And it might be time for like a time audit in our lives. That might be like to just audit your time. Where is it going? What's happening? Like what's... What's actually happening in there, okay? But this is our culprit right here. But here, and here's the interesting thing. And we've been saying this over and over again. Scripture, okay, which we just read here, Romans 8, 12 through 17, has a goal to lead us into prayer and meditation. It's, it's leading us into that. There's no way we can skip that step. Like, there's no, like, fancy acronym I can give. There's no podcast you can listen to. There's no human being on this earth that can 
that can jump over this aspect of going, hold on a minute, I just need to sit in this verse. I need personal examination, and that takes time. I need personal examination that then leads me to community and obedience. So it's this time, but then it's also the time I need to be around my brothers and sisters for them to help me as well to be conformed to God. Right? There, there really is none here, and for, to a certain degree, my personality type, this becomes very frustrating because I would love to be able to just, you know, like lavish the truth on us and we all leave completely like, you know, everything's been downloaded perfectly into us. But that's not the process. And so this is, this is my encouragement. If there's one thing that may need to change, it's our sinful relationship to time. And our justification of one another. Right? There, there should be times in our lives when we're having, like, you know, mega times in the word and in prayer and all of that. And there's other times, but, you know, so there's not like a rule or a law to that, but we have to know this is where scripture leads us, okay? Where does prayer meditation leads us is this is what may be helpful. So, you know, Keith, when we're doing that, when I'm praying through this verse and I'm meditating, what, what should I be doing? Well, being silent is good, but also this challenges our current thinking, all right? Questions like, do I truly believe this? Why or why not? Am I, you know, to really be praying, do I really believe that, that when he says the spirit inside of me, it makes me an heir and a son to God? Do I really believe that? And, and, and to think through it, but then we have to ask the question, well, how is it showing up in my life? The, the truth of saying, no, the creator of the, of the universe has given you his spirit. His presence is in you. He's washed away your sins. There should, be, there should be a peace that exudes us as disciples if this is being shown in our life. Am I conforming to this? Am I hiding? Is there any way I'm hiding from God, not good, but God or people, right? Does this verse trigger any emotion? Have you ever read something in the Bible and it made you angry? Or it made you scared, Right? Listen, instead of just plowing through it, prayer meditation says, hey, sit in that for a minute. Like, why am I scared right now? Am I scared because as I look at this, I realize I've never had the Holy Spirit? Am I scared that, you know, I have no idea what it means to be a son of God? Am I scared because, you know, and, and we've got to dig through this. Does this trigger any emotion? Am I becoming more irritable or more patient and peaceful? So th these are sample questions. I think each and every one of us here can kind of dig into our own, like how are we going to spend that time in prayer and meditation to challenge our current thinking, right? Right? I mean, it may have been even some of the things that number of slides back where we we're talking about the obligation to ourselves that might have just made you angry. And it's like, let me slow down enough. And it may be everything inside of you is going, I don't have time for this. I don't have to. I need the drive up window, man. I need to, I need to get in drive and go on and be okay with this. And that's where we need to just take a second. We've been talking about silence. We've been talking about solitude. 
And so as we read through this, this idea of therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it's not to the sinful nature to live according to it. If you live according to the sinful nature, you'll die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live because of those because those who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. For you didn't receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs of Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. This is leading us directly to prayer and meditation, personal examination, community and obedience. That's where we're being guided to in this. Right? So that's hopefully we're doing that. And as we come up and sing our last song, okay, the song is to Canaan's land. And a lot of times we, we, we sing a song and sometimes you're like, I don't even know what that means. Like to Canaan's land. <laughs> like, what is that? I don't know what's at Canaan's land. You know, I don't know what's there. I've never heard of it before. Is that supposed to be a good thing that we're singing about it? And you're, you're assuming that the singers have picked something good, right? That it actually means something positive. But it's like, no, to Canaan's land, I'm on my way because that's where Jesus is. That's, the, that's this go of Jesus going, hey, it's eternity. Sin is gone. It's just this, it's this eternal relationship in the presence of God. And, and can you imagine if you did know a place that you could go that not only sin didn't exist, but the effect and the consequences of others' sin didn't either, right? So you don't go there and you're going, oh man, because there's stuff we do that messes up our life and then there's stuff people do to us that, that have consequences as well. Could you imagine if you could go to a place where you had no concept whatsoever if somebody were to go, hey, do you hate somebody? And what does that mean? Have you ever been hurt by somebody? Hurt, what does that mean? Like, has anybody ever mistreated you before? Have you ever, and, and could you imagine being around a group of people going, we don't understand what that means. So what's it like here? Well, I guess peace and joy and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness. And that's all it is. That's all we know. There's nothing else. Nothing else exists but that. Right? I mean, that's the place. Listen, if a physical place like that existed, I, we would be like jamming the freeways to get there. Right? Uh, but here's the deal is that's what this life that he's talking about. And so when we're singing something like this to Canaan's land, I'm on my way. We're just not going and going, okay, I'm going to be in heaven. And it's kind of boring to be on a cloud and play a harp all day. But I guess it's better than hell. Okay? And it's not what he's talking about. I mean, he is talking about something so amazing and beautiful and, and freeing. And, and you, you want to talk about, hey, y'all stressed out there? What's that? <laughs> you know, it's just this perfection. So, again... Hopefully, as we come up together and sing this song, um, this absolutely like, you know, slingshots us into our week to go, okay, now let me slow down because that's where I want to be and that's a process. Let me just slow down and get into this right here and really think about life and death and spirit and self and what are those changes that we need to make in order to allow God to conform us to him. So
Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about us or have any questions, please visit ClemsonFoothills.com. You can also text Foothills to 94000 to stay up to date on everything going on here at CFC. 